Radio. Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm, I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen. And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hey, welcome back to Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. Thanks for joining me today. Today, I am joined by Tad Pierce. He is a cybersecurity expert. He uh, His business helps emerging and mid-sized companies in the cyber cybersecurity space. He's also a uh, an author, and today we're going to dive into some of his business acumen, and especially around how he crashed and burned, specifically in business, and, and came out of it. So, thank you for joining me, Tab. Hey, you're welcome. We burned, but we did not burn completely. <laughs> Dude, it's, we, caught fire. we caught fire. That's that's good. It's always the crash and burn stories that are that are fun to dive into. And I think when you look at today's business landscape, and especially for you out there that are that are listening and either in the midst of building a business or running your business, you can probably attest to the challenges that come with business in general, right? And going through those challenges, especially now during we're kind of I'm in Utah. We're kind of coming out of the the back end of this COVID nineteen tab. I know you're up there in Seattle. You guys are probably in the midst of it. So today's landscape has definitely brought in some challenges. So I'm really interested in in hearing your story and some of the advice that you have, you know, going forward. So first off, tell us about uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your business. Well, like you said, Tab Pierce. um, I I've been in cybersecurity since about 1998, before it was even an industry. I don't know that I'd call myself an expert just because I've been on the business side of it almost the entire time. Uh, so I know enough to get myself into trouble and to make people think I know what I'm talking about. But anybody who knows what they're talking about kind of sees right through me. But uh, I started my company about 10 years ago. It's Caliber Security Partners. And, um, you know, we, we acquired a couple of companies along the way. I, I'm a minority uh, owner in a uh, uh, cyber recruit or cybersecurity recruiting firm, sit on the board of uh, several companies and and uh, and whatnot. But you know that that's kind of me. I I you know people ask me what I do for hobby or fun, and I'm like, I think I work. You know that's kind of what I do for fun. So yeah. So tell why why did you get into cybersecurity? What what was the draw there? You know people ask me that and. You know the 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 truth is I needed a job. You know that was that was what got me into it back in 1998. I mean I I had no idea what it was, and um, you know it just kind of took off. And you know I, I started off doing network security things. You know moved into um, a little bit of a fringe, and then ultimately over into the services side of it. And then I think it was probably about 2002 where I went, wow, I just absolutely love this industry. But I didn't start off thinking, yeah, you know, th- this is it, man. This is this is my life dream. You know, it just kind of grew, just kind of happened. So when you started in the industry, did you start? Uh, did you start a company in the cybersecurity, or how did that? How did that evolve? So I went to work for a, a boutique security services firm, uh, one of the very first ones. Uh, I, I did that for um, I did that for about three or four years, and I did take about a two year hiatus. 
and uh, started a uh, e-learning company or co-founded an e-learning company. Uh, that 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 field just bored me to tears. So ended up leaving that, going back to work for another company for four or five years, and then they were bought out. And I kind of went, well, I'm either going to rinse and repeat and go work for somebody else. This is about this was in 2010, or I'm going to start my own company. I started my own company. So in 2010, you started your own cybersecurity company. I did. Uh, was it a massive, massive success off the off the bat? Uh, you know, security is a cynical business, right? So it, it, you know, they're just there's a lot of cynicism, and and why so, is that? Uh, just just because the nature people are, you know, everything's security, and it's like you know, protect my data, protect this, protect that, do whatever, and and so much of you know, of that just kind of bleeds into how people are and, and what they're, you know, you know, just how they think. And so, you know, probably for about the first year in the company, I was just a struggle, man. I mean, it was like, I just, just have enough, just have enough money to honestly, to kind of keep my wife at bay. You know, I mean, that was my big thing it was like, man, if I can get enough, if I can get enough money to pay the bills, if I can get enough money to do this and maybe she'll let me keep playing around and doing this thing until it takes off. That was a lot of it, man. I mean, it was just like, you know, keep, keep that going. And so that was like the first year. Then it, then it took off for like, you know, probably five or six years. It just went nuts. How did you so, get it to take off? Was it just a matter of being in business for, for a few months or what really, what really caused it to grow? Um, but partly because I'd been in the industry for a long time. A lot of people know who I, uh, well, know who I am, but knew who I am was. And so that, that was part of it. But the other part of it was, um, you know, my background is really in sales. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of relentless when it comes to just like, like hunting down a dollar bill, honestly. So, you know, that was it. It was like, you know, we, we need to do this much and let's go out and find it. And so that was, that was it. And then, you know, and then it started to take off, you know, we'd get one contract and then it would just like seed inside of a company and then it would just bloom and we'd get more and we just started taking off. So tell us about, you said it, it bloomed for five or six years. What happened? What happened after that? So, you know, we, we just, we just kind of grew and um, it, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of things that, you know, that, that just kind of seemingly collided. Um, you know, we, we were expecting a big contract to come in. We had eight people sitting on a bench um, waiting for that contract to come, waiting for that contract to come. And it was just like, we're almost there, you know, they're just about ready to sign it. And we're like, Hey, you know, this is getting expensive. We're, we're a small company, you know, eight people, well, eight people sitting on a bench for two months, man, that's, that's a lot. And so that started to compound. And then that led into uh, visibility into one of the other business units that, you know, wasn't as profitable as well. That's an understatement. I talk about it in the book. You know, I keep, I keep glossing over it. I keep saying it wasn't as profitable as, you know, uh, it, we would like it to be. It was not profitable. I mean, it was a, it was a drain, um, and, and I still want to gloss over it and go bah, you know. But but it was a drain, and so that was happening. And then we um, we went and took out a, a loan to kind of bridge everything together, and then it all kind of collapsed at the same time. The um, the contract, you know, the person that was our our contact there got transferred. Contract fell through. Um, you know, stuff. I had a I had a minority business partner 
everything kind of imploded. It was just a stinking mess for, well, for probably a couple of, well, it lasted more than that, but that, that like heated part was like two months of just like, what are we going to do? Do we close the door or do we just fight on? So did you guys, so your company didn't collapse, but it sounds like you went through a pretty, pretty rough patch. Is that right? Well, we were, we were in debt $750,000 to 18 different creditors. So it sure felt like it collapsed. I mean, and, and, and two of them, you know, one of them was the IRS and the other one was this hard money lender. And, you know, that, that kind of covered about, you know, half a million dollars of it. And, and the IRS ironically was, was easy. It was that hard money lender that was just brutal. And it was us making a decision like, what are we going to do? Are we going to fold it up? Or are we going to push on? And the, the ultimate decider to go forward was I owe the IRS $250,000. And when you file bankruptcy, the IRS is like, man, that, that's too bad. That sucks. Hey, so when are we going to get our money? I said, because they don't go away. And so the, the, the biggest like pain in my butt in my life at that point in time was my company. The biggest hope I had to paying off the IRS was my company. So we just, we just made a decision to persevere and keep on. And, and that was the, at that time, that was the real driving force to keep going. Just to, just to get the IRS paid off, huh? Yeah. Because I mean, that would have, that would have followed me. I mean, you know, I, I didn't want to jack out $258,000 of my own money. I didn't have it to do it. Sure. So talk to us, like, how did you start to dig out of it? I mean, everything collapses, uh, you know, contracts fall through. You've got a bunch of people sitting on the bench. How did you start to pull out of it? Pull out of for, how did you start to pull out of it from a business standpoint? Yeah, you know, the, you know, it's, it's really great. You know, hindsight, beautiful thing. Um, the, you know, there's some of it that we did that, you know, you look back and you're like, I don't know if we did it right, but we did it the way that we thought we should do it at the time. Uh, part of it was, is like, you know, just deciding, well, the, the very first part of it was that, you know, we went down to a shell of a company. I mean, I had um, like five people in my leadership um, when it all shook out. Uh, there was two of us left. My my minority, one of my minority business partners, basically said, "I'm, I'm going to give you my um, I'm going to give you my ownership because I don't want anything to do with this mess, and I'll give it to you." You know, uh, and so he left. It was just super ugly. It was it was horrible. Once that settled down, we kind of regrouped into three leadership people, and then we started to like, how do we go about built you know pulling out of it? And so the you know the kind of the first thing you do is you're like. You know, we made it, we made a couple of hard decisions, you know, like we, you know, I sit down with, with uh, other business owners and they're like, whatever you do, whatever you do, pay off the hard money lender. Don't mess with those guys. Um, and I, I, I went against the grain on that and just said, just told those guys, we're not going to pay you. And, and it was brutal. It was ruthless. We're not going to pay you until we're ready to pay you. And that went on for probably two years of just brutal, ruthless pounding us. But we decided we're, we're going to pay off the easy ones, you know, the, the kind of the low-hanging fruit ones, and then focus on the bigger ones as it went through. And, and you know, but it, it, a lot of it was, you know, constantly 
looking for money, you know, and I, I mean like, like selling, like trying to find more revenue and trying to find enough revenue to, to, uh, you know, pay employees and, and not even pay me at that time and just keep things going and then pay off debt and just kind of keep paying it off and, you know, um, you know, bailing water. And, you know, there, there were things I, you know, I learned along the way that, um, it took me a while to figure it out. And that's actually kind of the message of my book is it was like, Hey, if you can figure this out earlier than I did, it's going to really help you out. And, you know, but, but there's just things that took us a long time to figure out. So what are some of those examples? What, what things, hindsight's always 2020. So what things would you wish you would have figured out uh, sooner? Well, probably the biggest one, you know, because we owed 18 different, well, I'll just say people, businesses, whatever, uh, creditors. The, because we owed so many people, I, I felt really felt beholden. Like I, you know, I, I felt like, like I, you know, I felt vulnerable. I felt worthless. I felt like a fraud. I just, you know, I mean, I just, I felt like crap. And so that kind of exuded out into when I needed to pay people off. And I was always feeling like, like I um, was, was that, you know, I, I, I was on their, I had to do what they wanted me to do, I guess. And, and one of the things I learned was, you know, actually when you don't have anything and when you owe people things like that, it is, you have all the power. And that was one of the things that once it finally hit me, it was like, Hey, if these people want their money back, they got to do it my way. And I, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I mean, I had to do it my way if it was going to happen. Or ultimately, I would have just said, hey, I've, I've got to file bankruptcy and deal with the IRS separately. So once you realize that you have all the power and that they don't, you can do some amazing things. And then you start looking at it from a logical standpoint of, of what can I do and what can I pay off? And how can I relay that to people in a truthful manner and not like gloss it over or you know, pie in the sky or things like that. And just, just kind of be relentless in how you go about communicating with people. And, you know, I think that was kind of the very first thing. And then, and then the other things is like, you know, just how you deal with yourself. Um, And, you know, you, and this is probably one of the biggest ones is just finally going, I'm not my business. You know, I, I am not, I mean, I'm, I'm completely separate, you know, any business failure or success doesn't mean that personally I'm a, I'm a failure. I'm a success. That took me a long, long, long time to figure out that, that those are separate. What, what made you do this, make the switch there? Because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with when they're going through these types of, of scenarios, right? Is the business success or failure is not a reflection of me personally, but that's a hard separation to make when you personally are making the decisions for the business to either be successful or crash and burn. So like, how did you separate that? What was the mental shift to be like, Hey, you know, it, it is what it is, but I'm an individual versus, you know, what the business does. Yeah. And you know, it's not like, I don't want to make it sound like, Oh man, I figured it out and I was perfect forever, you know, because there are times when you just kind of go, this just sucks. And you got to kind of like regroup and re, you know, refocus and, and rebuild your, your thought. It's just being able to do it quicker than you've done it before. You know, not those like weeks of like mental suffering that you cause yourself, 
the biggest thing for me, and I think this is the, the, the point for everybody, is there has to be something where you just say, you know, enough is enough. You know, I, I'm done. I, I don't care. And once I kind of went, you know what? If this thing falls through, if if I have to file bankruptcy, if I have to go get a job, if I have to like pay the IRS back, it is what it is. It's just I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm I'm done emotionally beating myself up. And, and I had to reach that point where I just went, I can't. I, I mean, I just couldn't take it anymore. Where I just had to go. I'm no longer going to be that way. I'm just going to be like, the company's going to either live or die, but I got to go fix myself. And it just, it was just kind of like a critical mass that I just kind of, um, you know, did that. And then it was, then a lot of it was just like, you know, what am I thinking about? How am I controlling my thoughts? And, you know, how do, you know, how do I like get myself to stop thinking bad thoughts when there's no need to think bad thoughts, you know? And th that was a lot of it is just like changing my mental attitude. I, what did you do to go about changing your mental attitude? Did you, I mean, was there books you read? Was there a mentor that you relied on? Like, I assume the switch doesn't happen overnight because often, oh. oftentimes it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think it ever really hardly ever does. Um, so I don't know if you've ever read the book Relentless by Tim Grover. Um, phenomenal book. I've, I've read it probably, I don't know, 30 times. Um, Tim is, you know, his book is called Relentless, but, but he's relentless. And um, I had gone to a conference that he was speaking at and, and, you know, he'd said something about, um, you know, he had asked the audience, say, does anybody have a hundred dollar bill? I had read his book a couple times before then. And, you know, somebody gave him a hundred dollar bill and, you know, he wadded it up, stepped on it, and crumpled it up and everything, you know, then picked it up and said, does anybody want this money? And of course, everybody just, yeah, you know, and then he's like, why is it you value that money when we did that? But if that was you, you devalue yourself. And I went, oh, wow, that's pretty much what I do all the time, you know. And so he, um, and I've gotten to know um, Tim over time he's probably the biggest one, uh, you know, that, that just kind of helped me along the way. Um, but, but a lot of it also is, you know, just being aware of feelings that are coming over me. So, so sometimes I'll, you know, I'll get that kind of that feeling in my gut. And I, now I just go, I've got that feeling. What is it? Is it real? Or is it made up? And, and I always tell myself if it's real, man, it's going to come at me hard and it's going to come at me real. It's not, you know, it's going to be like a car accident. You know, you're not going to get like in a car accident and go, was that a car accident or wasn't that a car accident? You know, you're getting like, that was a freaking car accident. But we do that, you know, we're like, something's wrong. Something's, something's bugging me. And, and so if you get, when I get that feeling, I, I just automatically go into like, that, that's not something I'm going to accept. And I go in about changing that feeling and that emotion. It's all about controlling your state. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is, and, and and you know, there's a lot of you know. I mean, there's a lot I do. Um, I, I don't. I can't say I do it as much as I used to. I used to do a lot of meditating because it was all about like, man, I got to get my head straight. I got to get my head straight. I got to get my head straight. And I still do, and I still do meditate, but I don't. I mean, I was like, you know, oh, here it comes. Here's that crappy feeling. I got to go find a quiet place, calm myself down. 
I don't get those as much as I used to, but man, meditation was a huge part of it. Uh, interesting. So what about, uh, what about employees? I mean, you're the, the company's crashing and burning or it's, you know, it's had some challenges. You've let a lot of your leadership team go, but what about the employees that are left? Cause if you think about it from an employee standpoint, they're probably a little nervous. They're probably looking to jump ship because they're like, Hey, this ship I'm on is going down. How did you keep those individuals motivated? Cause it sounds like you don't have you or you didn't have the security expertise to actually execute on those contracts, but you, but you were the business owner. So if yeah. everybody jumped ship, then, you know, you would have, that would have been a problem. So how did you keep those individuals motivated? Well, just to give you a little bit of a back, a little bit more flavor to that. I didn't let the leadership team go. They left. Okay. Right? So I didn't be, I wasn't like, Hey, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. They were like, I'm out of here. I mean, they, it, it was, it was, um, uh, could they weather the storm or did they even want to weather the storm or did they just want to bail and move? Um, so that was part of it. The other part was that the employees that I had, they, they, they pretty much, um, sifted themselves out. You know, they just kind of cut themselves loose and we were left with a shell team, but it was a perfect size of a shell team for us at that time. So it all kind of managed to work itself out. Um, you know, there were there were a couple of people that we really wanted to keep that we lost, but for the most part, you know, we, we ended up settling right where we where we needed to settle in at. Ah, that's uh that's interesting. So looking back, if you had to give somebody advice that's kind of going through this same situation or, or, or going through something similar, what, what advice would you give them as they approach these challenges? Because I mean, in today's environment, and I don't think it's all shaken out yet, right? In today's oh, no. environment with COVID and the economy being shut down, I don't know that we've actually felt the ramifications of what this is actually going to do to our economy and businesses at this point. So there's probably going to be some people that go through a very similar scenario that you went through, you know, back in five, six, eight years ago. So what advice would you give those individuals knowing there's going to be some, somebody going through it in the, probably the next six, 12 months? I think there's a lot of people going through it right now um, that, that are experiencing that because of the way the economy is. Um, you know, the, the, probably the thing that I would tell people, um, you know, there, there is, you know, when, whenever you re, whenever you're going through pain, make your pain pay you something, you know, pain should not live with you without paying something. And that payment is growth and experience and a leadership and fortitude and hardening and strength, all those things, you know, that was, you know, I look, I look back, I mean, we had a definitive point when we paid our last bit to the hard money lender and we were done and we just went, Oh wow, we're, we're done. We're, we're, we no longer owe anybody anything. And I look back at that moment and I'm like, I'm st- I felt like I'm standing on top of a mountaintop and I'm looking down. I'm like, man, I don't know if we were lucky or good, but we did some phenomenal things. And I think that, you know, looking back, I I would say to people, see the end 
see where you're going right now and visualize that, live that experience. That Don't wait until you're done to experience that because I, I did. And it was like, you know, I look back and I'm like, man, those were that's a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles, a lot of things. I'm like, man, I did not enjoy that journey. I mean, I can't say that, like, oh, you know, it's just like, oh, man, what, what a blessing. It was like, you know, I mean, and pe- people that say things like, uh, you know, man, I, 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 if I had to do it over again, I would. I, I'm like, oh, come on, man, that's total crap. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to never, ever go through that experience again. It was bad. But you, you have, to, you have to, to have your pain pay you something for it. And um, otherwise, you're just going to get to the end of it, and you're going to be like, that just sucked. Uh, so I want to back up a little bit because something you said triggered uh, something you said previously or triggered a, a question from something mm-hmm. you said previously. You stated that once you realized when you didn't have anything, you had all the power, mm-hmm. right, with your creditors. So so talk us through that. What do you mean by you had all the power? And then how did you approach slash negotiate with those creditors to kind of, for lack of a better term, put them in line of, this is what I'm going to pay you and this is how you're going to get paid. I, I smile because it's like one of the most, it, you know, I look back with almost more fondness of that experience than anything. Um, I would, would tell myself, I, I would visually see 18 people. Some of them I could clearly see their face and some of them were just like hazy. I could see a line around a building in my head that people were that were waiting to get paid. And I used to, and I got to the point where I would say to myself, and I would say this to people, if they push too hard, I would say, you need to get back in line and you need to wait. You will get your money when you get your money. And we've already determined that it's not going to be when you want it because that day is long past. You're not going to get the money when you want it. And so once you determine that, you have all these people that they want one thing from you, that they want to get their money, right? And so you got to be able to sit back and say, you know, they're going to get their money. When, when I get the money, they're going to get it. But a little bit here and a little bit there. Once you realize that, that they're waiting on you, then you hold the power. And I don't mean it like in a bad way. I mean, it's just, it's like when, when you're going through something like that, you need as much self-confidence as you possibly can. And you need as much like mental fortitude as you possibly can. And so as soon as you can step back and say, you know what? All I need is one of those people to get out of line. As soon as they get out of line, all y'all are getting nothing because I'm filing bankruptcy. You can all get in line and wait or nobody's getting anything except, of course, the IRS because they always get their money. But you get what you know what I mean? And it was, and and everybody got paid. Everybody got their money, and um, you know, and, and you just you just have to be able to look at it and go, I'm in control of this thing, and you know, I hold. I don't hold the money literally yet, but I hold the keys to get the money. So, the powers the powers with me. Mm. So talk about your book. So I know you've written a book called. Uh, uh, upsurge talk to us about that so yeah i I it's really interesting i started writing this book i I don't even fancy myself as an author but but i started writing this book when i first started 
going through this trouble, this catastrophe, whatever you want to call it. Um, there, there was about a week or two where I did nothing, but I'd come home from work and I would sit in this lazy boy chair that um, my 80, my 87 year old mom had this lazy boy chair and I was like, Oh, it looks comfortable. So she bought me one. I was like, I'm, I'm too young to be in a late, have a lazy boy, but I sat in this lazy boy for like a week and a half or two weeks or whatever it was. And my wife was right next to me. And I just, I was so deep inside myself that, um, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything. I just, I just sat there and I had a good day and I wrote this It's funny cause I put it in my book and it's like so freaking melodramatic. I wrote this letter to myself like, Hey, read this letter. Cause I had a good moment. Like when you feel this way again, cause you will read this letter and, and that kind of started getting me out of it. But I wrote this, I, I started writing this chapter i called it a chapter but i wrote this thing about my thoughts like how much my thoughts really dictated where i was going and what i was experiencing i wrote it and i just kind of jokingly went chapter one and then i wrote another one about um about the need for for me to like keep the fire burning to keep things going to like burn it up and that and i wrote it for me to kind of motivate myself and i jokingly went chapter two and i went oh wow man i'm writing a book that's how I, that's how I started it. And, and really part of the, it, there, there's a, there's a maturation in that book where part of that book is written when I was like knee deep in the middle of all that stuff and, and how I went about like um, overcoming it. And some of the things that I, I did all the way to the end of it where, where um, I start, um, you know, the, I think the last chapter, hold on a second, I gotta get rid of somebody. The last chapter was um, I, I titled, uh, it was a healthy narcissist because it was like, how do you go about having the right mindset to, to accomplish things, but really uh, help other people. And it's funny because I've got kickback from people that are like, ah, you know, there's no such thing as a healthy narcissist. I didn't coin that thing. I didn't make that thing up. Um, but it's, this book is really about how do you take somebody that has just had a failure and it could be a business failure. It could be a personal failure whatever, but just have a failure. And how do you regroup and recover? And, and I did, I did it from just like a regular person, not like I'm anything special. So, you know, that was, I think that's the key to that. Um, you know, I, I thought about like, who's the audience for the book. Um, I honestly, I think someday I'm going to, I'm going to focus. And, and I don't even mean someday. I, mean, I think I'm definitely going to focus on, how do you keep people out of that? How do you help people just to avoid those pitfalls before they ever hit the pitfalls? Not how do you just help people when they're, when they're there? Um, so, you know, a lot of it is, you know, that book is just kind of taking people through my, my storm. And I'm very kind of open about the failures and the vulnerabilities and, and everything else, because I thought that that would, benefit people more than me just like saying oh yeah i did something hard and look at me i'm fantastic you know i was like i want people to see those vulnerabilities yeah i I think sometimes when we look at you know these individuals who have massive massive successes and then failures and then come back from it oftentimes it's it's hard to relate with those individuals especially if it's a celebrity type individual right It's, it's hard to relate to them and, and what they're doing and, and their struggles. 
So I, I think it's super valuable, you know, as you talked about sharing your story from, from just a, a regular guy, owns a business, successful business, it goes through some struggles and, and how you pull out of it. I think that's extremely valuable to, to individuals. So how do they get the book? If they want to read your book, where's the best place for them to reach out to you and, and grab it? They, they, there's a couple of places. One is, uh, you know, obviously Amazon. Uh, they can get a, a paperback there. They can get a uh, Kindle version of it. They can go, uh, I think, you know, like I said earlier to you privately, it just came out yesterday on Audible, uh, Apple. Um, so, you know, you can listen to it now. That's pretty cool. And um, for those people that, for whatever reason, want my signature, they can get that off of tabpierce.com. Awesome. Thank I, you. I, for... I don't know why anybody wanted, would want my signature, but, you know, if you're crazy and you want it, there you go. Hey, thanks for joining us, Tab. This has been uh, this has been awesome, and we will talk to you guys next time. Have a great week. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.nicholascjensen.com or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at nicholasjensen underscore. That's at nicholasjensen underscore. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you do not want to miss out. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.